Chuck is a podcast featuring active service members discussing thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of Armored Pets and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, you are discussion advice. Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pit Talk, pulling pits and opinions with your host, Gunnery Sergeant Garcia, Big G Money, Big Isa, you know, whatever you want to call me. I'm here today going to talk about transitioning from the Marine Corps and the TRS program uh, with your special guest, Gunny Gumby. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's up, brother? Appreciate you for having me, Gunnery Sergeant. Yeah, um... So uh, I'm Gunny Gumby, a.k.a. Jesse. Uh, did some time in the Marine Corps, about 13 years in the Marine Corps before I, uh, I walked away. Um, yeah, man, ever since I've gotten out, transitioned on a couple, a couple of things in terms of, you know, my own, starting my own business, working for other companies, understanding the process a little bit. and Got the invite to come on the show and kind of share my story with, with your, your fan base, man. I more, couldn't be more excited to do it. Absolutely. I see I, you got a nice little setup there. I think you're rooting for the wrong team, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, nah, nah, this is this is the, the only team in my book, um, <laughs> New York Jets. Granted, you know, we haven't won anything in quite some time, but uh, we're, we're in the, in the upward trend. Um, but nah, I've been rooting for this team, you know, since, since the beginning. And, uh, hey, been a lot of downs, but as the ups are coming, you know what I'm saying, I'm feeling pretty good about my decision to be a Jets fan. So now. Nah, you do got a good, a, you do got a good wide receiver. Right What's his name? The wide receiver? That you guys got Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Wilson. For, I seen some highlights. Yeah, that boy is uh, tricky. That boy is special. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like that. You guys are up in, on the up and up, so I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. It's yeah. you know I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Hey, it's no harm, no foul. I know we're better. It's we'll talk. We'll talk trash later at a different time. But uh, Listen, it's been y'all year every year for the last <laughs> decade. You just still haven't seen it come to fruition. <laughs> right, so right. that's good. I mean, that's good. To each their own. Right. To each their own. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> Hey, can you, Jess, can you tell me a little bit about your Marine Corps background, how long you've been in, your different duty stations, different assignments, things like that? Give the, give the crowd some yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. listeners. So, yeah, I was, a, uh, I was an East Coast Marine. Um, actually wound up joining the Marine Corps after watching the commercial. I uh, came home one day after a, a really bad day of va- a basketball game. I was playing a semi-pro basketball um, in Florida. And uh, <laughs> a team that I was playing on, the Miami Pitbulls, got worked. Um, and it was one of those things where it was kind of like a, a light went on in regards to my future. And if I was going to go ahead and have a future, I need to start making some serious decisions because playing in the NBA was probably not going to happen. And uh, I remember getting home and I watched the, the commercial where the guy climbs the mountain, gets to the top of the mountain and he fights the dragon. And <laughs> I don't know what, man, but for some reason it spoke to me. And, uh, the very next day I was at the recruiting station, um, uh, the RSS getting, you know, uh, signing up. And three weeks later I was in boot camp. So I, I went to um, Paris Island, you know, where Real Marines are made, mm. uh, the originals. I uh, <laughs> went through boot camp, um, got to be the guide, went through that entire process. It was one of those things that kind of really forced me to, to mature a little bit faster um, in life. I was 20 at the time, going on 21, um, so a bit older than most individuals that come into the Marine Corps right out of high school. And, 
yeah, man. I, my first duty station was was Cherry Point, North Carolina. I've had the pleasure of deploying overseas. Nice. Um, I was at South Carolina, and then I wound up doing recruiting the last uh, seven, eight years of my career uh, in the Marine Corps before I decided to call it quits. But yeah, that was about three years ago now. Actually, exactly three years ago, February 2020. Wow. Um, and here I am now in the civilian world. Wow. First Civ Div, congratulations. No obligated service left. Thank you. Thank you. Do you plan on doing... Uh, were you in... Uh are you in the reserves by any means? Any chance? No, 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 no. I decided when it was time to walk away, it was time to walk away. Ah. I wanted to grow the beard and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. not feel any kind of restrictions and what I could do, what I could say, et cetera. So for me, it wasn't in the cards. Nice, nice. What, uh, what? So you were a recruiter, 8412? Yeah, I was. I was. So I was originally a 6048. I was in uh, aviation life support systems engineer in the Marine Corps. Um, wound up becoming a CDQAR, you know, uh, mixed martial arts instructor for the Marine Corps, McMahon instructor, black belt. Um, wind up going on recruiting duty pretty much. I got I got a little bit of uh, reverse psychology by one of my mentors uh, currently in the Marine Corps still, um, Brooks. He, uh, <laughs> he pretty much, I wanted to be a drill instructor. He laughed it off, told me if I was really trying to challenge myself and, and make an impact in the Marine Corps, recruiters are the, are the ones that make that happen. Mm-hmm. Laughed it off a little bit, told me how easy it would be to be a DI. Long story short, he somehow convinced me from going DI to switching my package to recruiter. And um, yeah, man, like it, it was a challenge. It was a challenge and I had a natural knack for it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, sure enough, I just I volunteered to go ahead and, and become a staff non-commissioned officer, got the opportunity, and then I ran with it. Next nice. I know I was being offered the opportunity to be an 8412 for a recruiter. And uh, I did that for the last five years of my Marine Corps career. Wow. So, Mr. 8412. <laughs> I don't talk to too many. I don't talk to too many because most of them. We had a session on uh, the recruiter session one with uh, with a staff sergeant Nunez uh, in the midst of the hist. Right, March the hist list came out. We try to give all the information out to the Marines to make the the best educated decision. And you know, ironically, he said he would do it again. I'm like, whoa! All right, yes, you would do it again. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, speaking for for me, yeah, I think for me, it was fun because a lot of people cried about it and hated it. Right. So I love the ability to go ahead and excel at something where so many people complain at it and and are upset about it or or can't hack it. So I guess for me, I find some kind of joy in that. And yeah, if if I was ever to rock the uniform again, I would definitely hit the streets all over again. Wow. Okay, sweet. You should have been on the session. It was a good one. It was a good one. Definitely had some uh, hard questions to ask him. Uh, but anyways, the transition, uh, TRS, Jesse, I know that we're specifically talking about transitioning from the Marine Corps. Uh, we'll get to the hard questions here soon. Uh, but my first my first question for you, Jess, is uh, how long was TRS for you when you transitioned out in 2013, you said? Well, 2020. Uh, 2020, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got it. Um, it was a week long. It was a week long. It was a week long process um, in which uh, we had an individual come in and and talk to us about the transition process and what our resume should look like um, and give us a bit of a, of, a, of a basic breakdown of what interviews look like and how to go ahead and, and make ourselves um, employable to the workforce outside of the military. Nice. So I had a, a week's worth of information provided to me for the next chapter of my life. Sweet. So I'm, I'm looking at what the TRS program straight from 
Headquarters of Marine Corps. The Transition Readiness Program ensures that Marines are prepared for the transition from military to civilian life and provides Marines and their families with the tools and resources needed to pursue the Department of Defense directed career readiness standards. Um, so overall, what did it prepare you and your family for the transition to the civilian sector? If I'm being honest, I'd have to say no. Um, I, I don't think the TRS program had enough depth for where I was at in terms of the next stage of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an individual that I think for the most part understood the basic concepts of a resume, understood the basic concepts of an interview. Being an 8412, it's part of our training to understand the process of being able to sell ourselves to individuals to get parental consents, uh, how to go ahead and get into schools and navigate opportunities to go ahead and open up more doors for recruiting. So that to me seemed pretty um, easy. In fact, the course that we were taught was almost benign compared to what we uh, have been exposed to. So I felt like in terms of actual preparation, that uh, it didn't really provide me any kind of real value in terms of what I wanted to do in the next chapter. And of course, when I actually got out, having to go ahead and learn things on the job uh, as I was doing it. Okay, interesting. So it's it said, the snippet said, and their families, specifically with your family, did it did it provide a day for your family to come out and say, look, hey, this is what you got going on for, you know, if you had, if you heard of links, when you come in, right, links provides you, right. you know, the baseline of, hey, this is the, this is the military life. This is what you used to expect. The transition, the TRS program, it said their families, did it provide a day for your families to come in and transition as well or provide them the, the tools and resources for them? No, um, I'm actually, that's new news to me. I didn't even know that was a, a part or supposed to be part of the process. Um, they give us a couple of pamphlets of some of the opportunities available to them via the VA, uh, how to assist our spouses with potentially setting up their resumes hmm. and in preparation for, um, you know what I'm saying, life outside of the military, but it was more of links to websites that we can go ahead and go to, vice them coming in and asking questions right. themselves. So. Yeah, I know. In terms of actually providing value in that aspect, we could have just simply Googled, you know, spouse transition outside of the military and gotten the same kind of information. <laughs> that's not that's not what I'm that's not that's not what I want to hear. And then <laughs> and if I if I if I'm being honest, the listeners, I don't think that's good news for them. Uh, but the, I, I will say that they do offer a skill bridge program. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. Okay, so did you do the skill bridge program? program, I think, is one of the most underutilized. No, I did not. No, I did not. Um, when, by the time I made the decision to get out, you know, it's a process to get approved for it and to go ahead and submit. And you got to find a potential employer that you would like to go ahead and, and go through. Um, that could, of course, become a benefit for what you want to do after, after you get out. I won't lie to you. I didn't really have a direction of wanting to work for other company when I got out. Mm-hmm. I had more of the, the mentality of starting my own business. So the skill bridge thing wouldn't have been something that really helped me uh, per se, <clears throat> but it's an incredible program. It, it's allowed a lot of individuals to um, getting a foothold, so to speak, into the next um, industry they want to get into, leaving the military and getting that internship and getting paid while they're doing it and creating valuable skill sets, viable to some companies or at the very least the industry that they're trying to get into. So the skill bridge program is an incredible program if you can get into it. Unfortunately, very few Marines are really offered the opportunity to take advantage of it. Um, it's at command's discretion, from my understanding, and most oftentimes, mission comes first. Uh, and those kind of programs require almost a three to six month commitment, if I'm not mistaken, at a minimum. And I think that sometimes giving an opportunity for a Marine that's getting out, 
you know, before their retirement, you know, to get six months of time for them to go ahead and do a program like that. Uh, I think we're lacking a little bit in that, that, that part. I know the Air Force does a very good job at doing that. Uh, the Navy does a pretty good job at doing that. But Army and Marine Corps, we, we both tend to go ahead and push the, um, that, that next chapter phase a little bit further to down the line for our individual counterparts. So it's, it's a great program. I think it's, it's heavily underutilized, though, in, in two branches, Army and Marine Corps. Nice. Okay. Um, my next question for you, Jess. So I know it is a week long. Uh, did it provide you any tangible, uh, things or intangible things that whole week so that you can, I know that you said earlier, it wasn't, it's, it was relative. It was kind of a, you know, in my, in my words, it was kind of a dry for you. Is it possible to let them, let us know, um, what tangible items or tangible things did you get out of the TRS program, if any, and so the listeners can understand or the Marines transitioning can understand. Yeah, I think the intent of the program um, proved to be a basic foundation of what to expect in the next chapter, right? Understanding the importance of the resume, understanding the importance of being able to speak to your accomplishments and how it could be an asset to another company. Um, th- those things are, are, are important. During that entire process of the TRS, that's probably the basis of what I would say the foundation of, of affordability in terms of, of tangible aspects you can take on to the next chapter. It sets you with the foundation of understanding, listen, the next chapter, you need to be able to speak to employers and let them know why you're a valuable asset. You need to be able to understand the, the skills that you've learned in the military, how it translates to the civilian sector. And that's pretty much the end of it. They don't teach you how to figure that information out. They don't teach you how to go ahead and put all that together. And that, to me, I think is what was the most frustrating part. Uh, but in terms of a, a foundation component, it, it does give you that. Resumes are important. Interviews are important. Understanding how to correlate what you've done in the military to the benefit of an employer is important. Uh, other than that, you know, th- I think the coursework was more uh, rinse, wash, repeat, vice having any kind of depth depth to it. Interesting. Um, that's... That's not good. I don't like I don't like wasting my time, so to speak. And I'm sure you don't either. You seem like a pretty uh pretty busy guy. You got a lot of things going on from what from what I see in social media, things like that, but I don't like wasting my time neither do you. Um what can what can what can you provide as a recommendation? It seems like if I do the TRS program, the only benefit is the skill bridge. I can get out a little earlier just to do my do something I'm interested in and, and go intern, so to speak, and get paid through the military, right? Because I'm still getting paid on contract, technically. That seems the only the only benefit to doing TRS. Is that is that what it sounds like to me? To you too? In a nutshell, in a nutshell, yes. I think that the 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 biggest benefit that we currently have on the enlisted side when it comes to the transition process is the skill bridge program that offers a lot of benefit. But in terms of the actual training, that week's worth of time, I do feel like I wasted my time. I think that them having a, a vanilla, so to speak, more of a generic focus point on what it entails to succeed in the next chapter is very limited. You know, they, they kind of give you a, a brief breakdown of what it's like to go ahead and update your LinkedIn profile without going into detail as to the benefits of networking from LinkedIn as in the benefits of reaching out to individuals and, and trying to get more intel and trying to, let's say you want to go ahead and get into the oil and gas industry. There's somebody in your network that, that you've worked with in the past or somebody that knows somebody that's, that's doing that currently. The importance of you being able to network to that individual, becoming buddies with them on LinkedIn, asking questions, it opens up a whole Rolodex of individuals they're connected to 
that could potentially be a benefit. Like that in itself would be significantly more valuable if they would spend more time on that component of the networking piece than, hey, this is how you write a resume, which is also a very generic and basic class on how to write a resume. And I think that a lot of current factors that assist us now when we're leaving you know, the armed forces to adapt in this society, in this current climate, it, it's not being discussed enough. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not being utilized, like, like proof sources are not being utilized to assist individuals to understand, you know what, okay, this direction will work for me, vice this one will not, right? And everybody's different. You're not gonna go ahead and get a course that's gonna go ahead and hit to everybody's single direction, but you can do a much better job in trying to hit a diversified a concept of individuals' backgrounds, especially when they're trying to pursue, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's real estate, whether it's sales, whether it's consulting, like there's there's ways to go ahead and make it to where you cluster individuals in specific groups and be able to more like specialize that, that transition process to that group base, mm-hmm. vice not, which they do a very bad job, I believe, in the, uh, with the TRS program in doing that. Um, you said you said the enlisted TRS, you, are you saying that there's different TRS uh requirements or different TRS programs like retirement officer enlisted there's different different um week long courses is that your experience um I, I know that there's a difference between what we go through as enlisted and what our officers are going through uh speaking to some of my officer counterparts who have gotten out the the, com- the majority of their TRS pretty much exemplifies their ability to network and get in contact with individuals that can give them opportunities outside of the uniform it's it's almost night and day Whereas our TRS focuses primarily on, on us making our resumes look nice and, hey, make sure you know how to talk about yourself so people want to hire you. They're actually, their TRS is actually introducing them to other officers who have gotten out that they can reach out to who are opening up doors for them. Now, in our veteran community, enlisted veteran community, we do the same thing, but it's not discussed nearly as much at TRS. They explain to them, listen, you know what, reach out to this veteran group or that veteran group. They can be an asset to assist you in your transition. Um, And I think one of the things that I I had to find out for myself was I typed in Houston veterans in Facebook. (laughs) And when I did that, it it allowed me to gain access to a group of veterans. Of course, you got to go ahead and send your DD-214 and answer some security questions to make sure you ain't fake. But once I got into that group, I mean, the amount of information that I got from individuals when I would just type in a question was just, just, you could just pick from, okay, well, this was helpful, this was not. You get a plethora of experiences that allows you to kind of cater the direction you want to take when you engage with those that group. Hmm. They don't teach us that at TRS, all right? Like, they talk about, you know, the VA itself being a resource, which is cool. They're, they're a resource, but your veteran community, wherever you're at, could be a much bigger resource because these individuals can be proof sources in what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. They don't do that for us, but the officers are fully aware of that, they're, that they're going through it and they're being connected to individuals that in fields they're trying to get in touch with. And you see them having a much higher rate of success, you know, very, very shortly outside of the uniform than the enlisted because of that very, very key component. Interesting. Leads me to my next question, which is it's going to be a here's a here's a tough uh, pill to swallow. The instructors in TRS. What it what how are they relatable to you in terms of the transition? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh the short answer is they don't. <laughs> uh, at least through my experience, I didn't have a veteran who had done the transition piece and and gotten out, did something and then came back to go ahead and educate us um 
that are going into this, this chapter of our lives. I had some guy who probably took a course and the VA decided, boom, this is going to be a guy that teaches this particular coursework. And they put them out there. The, the lack of enthusiasm and lack of relatability is it was it was it was obvious. It was very obvious. And it, it made it more difficult to kind of like, in, in my opinion, take what was being stated seriously. Because hmm. if you haven't done it right and, and you're teaching us this coursework with very minimal depth, there's no way you can go ahead and give us proof sources or examples uh, for directions we're trying to go to. It kind of loses some value in its sense. And you can tell these guys are pretty much reading from a book. And, and regurgitating it back to us, which doesn't offer a level of confidence when we're, we're about to traverse a very damn difficult process. The majority of us, you know, come out of high school, go straight into the military. For the first time right now, we're being introduced to the civilian world, and it's a different atmosphere, right? Like, and, and that, I think, gets lost in translation of the value of bringing back individuals to teach these courses that have been there, done that. More relatable. It makes it easier for us to comprehend what we can accomplish when we see somebody who's actually done it. Interesting. And, and that was the main instructor, or that was all instructors? That was the main instructor. Now, now they did have a couple of individuals come in and talk to us, but those individuals were, in essence, um, federal agency recruiters, FBI, right, DEA, mm. the Border Patrol, uh, the police, uh, uh, veterans that are in the police force. Uh, again, they, they allowed us to speak to other individuals that have just transitioned from one uniform to another, right? That that's that that was the biggest thing. It's in a much easier jump to go from being in the military to be a federal agent or to be a cop, right? It's it's not really different. The mission's different. That's pretty much it. The mission's different. Different uniform, mission's different. Um, but that's not everybody's story. Not everybody wants to go from being a Marine to being a cop, right? Yeah. Being a Marine to, to having a badge, right? And and that's where it gets lost in translation. So you're you're almost putting all of us in, in one basket. Like, hey, you served in the military. Great, congratulations. You can now go get a badge in either the federal branch or local branch or state branch um, relatively easily. And yes, there's there's facts to that if that's something you're passionate about. But again, that is not the story for most. And I think putting us all in that one basket, that one group, limits the ability for us to see outside the box. And in, I'm not gonna lie to you, it kind of hinders the the confidence to some to think they have other options out there because mm. you're going from one service job to another service job, and that's what we're being we're being kind of like um, molded to become the next generation of of service members, but this time uh, at the federal or state or city level. Interesting. So you were you were saying, in your opinion, that the officers that you've encountered, their transition is completely different than the enlisted side than you than yours was. Um, is it, is it almost like we're going to go right back into the workforce? Is that's what they're preparing us for? Or is it not preparing us for small business? Correct. It's not preparing us to, to be a boss per se. It's, Hey, go back to the nine to five. Cause that's where we need you at. That is correct. hundred percent. It, it's almost as if we're being herded towards the, again, being the, the workforce, not in the leadership positions. You're, you're talking about a, a more educated enlisted work, work uh, military branch than we've ever had before. There are more enlisted individuals now with college degrees than we have in our officer counterparts. I, I know more enlisted Marines who were doctors or had master's degrees than the officers who they served under. But yet the, oh, that's the only difference. The only difference between an officer and, a, uh, and an enlisted is one went to college before serving. That is the difference. 
imagine being in the military enlisted, not only having to accomplish the mission, but pursuing your education as well and getting your degree and still being treated as if like your intellect is not on the same level as that of somebody who happened to go to school before you did. Right. Like make it make sense. And I think taking that approach has limited the 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 value um, of our enlisted military individuals who have put into work while serving at the same time to earn those degrees to also not only show, be using their, their experience as leaders, but now have the college degree to back it up. Why are we limiting those individuals in terms of direction whenever they get out? But they, they, they push us more so towards the workforce, vice the entrepreneurship uh, route, vice the, the leadership positions that are going to become available. Um, they're recommending us more to be the guy that's going to go work nine to five, collect the paycheck, be happy with the carrot dangled in front of them by seeing what could be if you pursue your own you know, small business or if you pursue a leadership role, understanding how to correlate your experience as an enlisted Marine in charge of Marines, et cetera, et cetera, into a leadership position. Uh, and I, I think, again, that's just the, it's just doing them a disservice. It's, it's devaluing what I believe the enlisted have, have accomplished, who are, in essence, the heart and soul of all military branches. <laughs> they do the work. They, they, they do the grind. They deal with the repercussions of failure. They, but, and yet still are educating themselves on an intellectual level in terms of an education while doing so. That, to me, takes a lot of grit and intellect and, and just dedication and discipline. For that to be dismissed is just frustrating. Interesting. I don't it's – almost, it's almost as if they're doing the TRS. I mean, again, thoroughly indoctrinated Marine right over here, okay? I'm going to do my uh, – God willing, I'm going to do my 20, 30, depending on, you know, if the Marine Corps wants me that long. Thoroughly indoctrinated, so I'm going to enforce the rules and regulations. I'm I'm in there like swimwear. I'm going to tell them they got to do it because it's right. part of the pro, it, It's part of the transition, so they have to do it. They have to take something in it. Some, Marine, some people will say – not even Marines, just some people in general would say, well, the, you know, the individual member has to take ownership of their transition. Uh, it's not just the TRS program's responsibility. It's – the individual member's responsibility. Is that, is that true uh, in your experience? It, it, to an extent, I, I would say yes. Marines specifically, right? We're, we're taught that, you know, what, our successes and failures fall on our shoulders, right? However, we're talking about 17, 18-year-old kids who come into the military knowing only the military life, who are now having to transition to the civilian sector with no comprehension of what that looks like. When you think about it, the, the military makes life very easy, right? You, you join, you, you make it through boot camp or whatever, you earn your, spa- your, your space in your particular branch, and now they're going to provide you a paycheck on the 1st and the 15th. You've got all the health benefits you need, dental benefits you need. You've got access to food in the cafeteria on a base if you need to. And if you get married, they're going to go ahead and put you in a house and give you money to go ahead and move into a house. Like, that's not how it works in the civilian world. Right. So imagine going from mom and dad taking care of you, the military taking care of you. Now you got to go ahead and understand how to truly balance some things, because, you know what, not everything is going to be prepared for you and laid out for you the way it's been. That is a difficult transition for a lot of people. And I think that's being lost in the sauce. Yes, I get it. you got to take ownership of the decisions you make to potentially put yourself in a better space. Right. Yes. But how do you expect individuals to go ahead and take ownership of an experience or something they've never had the opportunity to experience? All they have is, is us telling them, like, hey, be prepared, be prepared, because life is hard. It's different out there, right? But they've never experienced it. Without proper training and preparation, how can we expect them to just know? That's not how experience works. Experience works through doing, through having been through it, right? That's how experience works. Mom and dad taking care of me, military taking care of the majority of my needs while I'm doing my job, 
the civilian sector doesn't take care of your needs while you're doing your job. You have to do both, take care of your, your needs and take care of your job. That is a difference in terms of growth, in terms of the next chapter. So in, when I hear that, it's obvious individuals who don't understand or have never had the assistance. Like again, the majority of that stuff is coming down from the officer ranks, right? The majority of the stuff you hear that stuff is because officer ranks were saying, take ownership, take ownership. They were taught that, you know what I'm saying, at OCS and just keep repeating it. If then why is it that your program is literally <laughs> hand feeding you opportunities to network with guys who are gonna take care of you that makes your transition easier when we're expecting the enlisted individuals to figure it out? Make it make sense. Like it just doesn't add up, right? right? So that's where I get a little frustrated with that whenever I hear it because I do understand that you gotta take ownership. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not naive to that. But taking ownership of what you know and what's expected of you vice taking ownership of the unknown, that's, that's really kind of ridiculous in itself to go ahead and expect that of the majority of a force that joins when they're 17, 18 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous to me. That's, that's a good point. Uh, we're freaking, we're not providing them the, the tools to be successful human beings. We're just kind of, a, it almost seems like a check in the box. It seems that way. I'm not saying it is. Don't misquote yep. me. It almost seems as though it is a formality and we got to check the box for each individual so that the big, whoever it is up there is hey I've done what you know I've created a foundation a basic uh, faster me yeah yeah I don't I don't know it, it's it's and, and I think you're right I, I feel like it's and again I'm not taking away from the fact that it, the attempt is there I'm not taking away from that I, I there is also a basic foundation I'm not taking away from that the fact is for us to achieve the mission of returning back quality citizens to society we need to do a better job right like if the, if if the mission of the military is to make better men and women in uniform and then returning them back to society better than when we took them out of it, then we need to do a better job in that transition piece, preparing them much better than what we have been doing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just basic understanding that, you know, veterans, you know, more often than not are wind up being homeless. You know, veterans have one of the higher suicide rates, you know what I'm saying, in, in, the, in the country outside of the uniform. It happens because these individuals are thrown into the gauntlet that is life without the support structure that they had in the military or at home mm. and expect them to just survive. Ouch. Some do it. Some do it extremely well, but most struggle. And, and I think we're missing that, that correlation. If we're going to say, if we're going to say, yes, we're returning them back better <laughs> than when we took them, then we need to go ahead and prepare them better than what we're doing. It's yeah. as simple as that. Ouch. That's like, uh, fitness reports, those red velvet daggers. Read between the lines, ladies and gentlemen. Read between yeah. the lines, you know. <laughs> like you're you're saying that you're pushing out a better product, but you're not. I'm not saying they aren't. They aren't, or they are. It just seems from the outside looking in because I haven't transitioned. It's strictly opinion based here. It almost seems like is there is there a correlation in homeless? You know, is there a correlation in those suicides because we don't provide them the right networking? Um, because as I'm looking at the curriculum, it talks about, you know, your initial counseling pre, uh, pre-work checklist, your TRP checklist, your employment fundamentals, employment workshop. I'm assuming you, you're, this sounds ringing the bell, managing your education, manage your, managing your transition, right? Financial yep. planning, <laughs> military occupational codes, crosswalk, right? Your job versus civilian job, um, VA benefits, self-assessment, managing your transition timeline, gaps, analysis, and budget worksheet. It seems like there these these words are you know big words. Whereas like okay, this sounds like this sounds legit, but to to an individual that's 
22 that hasn't experienced it, it's almost a little heavy. And if the, I don't think they're going to say, well, you need to ask the right questions. Well, how would you know what questions to ask? You've never done it. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the pure fact that it's, it's you get these things through experiences and or education, right? Education tends to prepare us with things we're not aware of. Why did we go to boot camp? We all went to boot camp because we had to be trained to be warriors. Why? The majority of us didn't know how to go ahead and, and, and operate a rifle. Didn't understand like the concept of war, how to go ahead and, and engage in a battleground. We had to be taught that. We got better when we all deployed and had to experience that. So why are we not taking the same step and approach when we're transitioning these individuals to the civilian sector? Mm. Right? Like it's a whole different process. There should be another mini boot camp of sorts. Hey, check it out. <laughs> You're going from warrior to civilian. It's different out here. And the, tra- the process should be taken just as seriously. And we, and we, we don't do that. Like I think, you know, if, if we took the logic of joining the military, the way they take the logic of individuals just leaving the military, then we should be coming in just being aware. Okay, well, war is war. I got to figure out. I know how to do it. I'm going to take ownership of going to war and succeeding. Right? Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense. It, it's got to go ahead and be a, a give and take in this situation. And, and, and we're not really seeing that. So to your previous point, these instructors or people that they come in and, and, and have speak to you, there, there's no – it almost seems like you need to have uh, uh, any military member that came out of uniform, whether it be Army, Air Force, whoever it is. It almost seems like you should probably be contact, contracting that job to them so that they can provide you, Jesse, the better the tools needed to transition. Vice, hey, hey, here you go. Here's the PowerPoint. Here's the your PDF document. Read it over. If you have any questions, ask me. I would prefer, much more prefer, if you tell me, hey, this is where I struggled at. This is what I did. This is the Google search I did to pre- yes. better prepare myself for my transition because, you know, this is what the TRS was lacking. Is that fair to say? 100%. 100. If, if I'm sitting here in a, an individual Marine, Army, it don't matter what branch, but they, they left, they transitioned, and then they made the attempt to be an entrepreneur. And they're telling me, like, hey, when I became an entrepreneur, these are some of the resources that I had available to me. These are some of the struggles that I dealt it better prepares me by me going into it naive and bright eyed thinking to myself, man, I'm going to go ahead and be successful because I, they only tell you the successful stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of the TRS program was just like us hearing about the, the valiant, the, the, the valiant, courageous, freaking award winning performances or, 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 or battles of our Marines. Right. They don't tell you about the losses. Nobody teaches us about the losses. It's always about the, the, the ridiculous victories or the courageous attempts. And, you know, this guy did this and they became a want to pump you up to think, you know what, even in defeat, if we're we're putting 100% out there, you can still be awarded. That's just how we're 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 trained as Marines. Why are we not doing the same thing? Because if you told me like, hey, I tried it and I failed, and this is where I messed up at, right? I'm like, well, damn, okay. Well, now I won't do this, this, or this because I obviously that, that didn't work out. It gives us a better chance of success in the next level. And I think a lot of the even that TRS, it was a lot more of um, I guess you can say positive fluff, vice the preparation of like, hey, it's. It is hard out here. Like it is difficult. Like you're, yes, you are a veteran with very like quality um, skill sets. Believe it or not, but you're not the only veteran with quality skill sets getting out. You know what I'm saying? So like, like you could be competing against other veterans with quality skill sets for a specific role or a business or whatever, and and they don't tell you that that part of it to, to kind of put you in the mindset of preparation of like, okay, this is going to be tougher than I thought. Um, it's not just just freaking kisses and rainbows and candy. There's more to it. 
And I think an individual veteran who's been there, done it, that's taken some bruises in the military, I thought, whatever, right? Teaching that class, it's going to have far more impact in terms of preparation mentally because now, okay, hey, when I had freaking, you know, you know, mass aren't so-and-so that got out, retired mass aren't so-and-so, tell me this, this, and this. I don't want to do this, this, and this. I'm going to go ahead and do this because he said this is where he saw success. We, we have a better direction, better track of where we want to go. Yeah. And just putting somebody in there that, you know, you're, you're paying to be in front of us and, and read through, you know, a curriculum, it, it's just not enough. It just literally is just not enough. Yeah. It's just kind of – and in in your experience in 2020, I'm, I'm only speaking in 2020, did the instructor – who was the instructor? Was it a spouse? Was it somebody just with an education? Is it somebody that was related to us in our previous point? It was somebody that could relate to you? No. Um, this was an individual who, from my understanding, was a teacher, and he oh. now helps teach this course, uh, which was <laughs> identified. I'm not sure okay. if it was the VA or whoever does it, but he was identified to be an instructor for this particular course. So it wasn't even a spouse of a veteran uh, that had the role. So, yeah, literally somebody that was just contacted. But again, I, I don't want to put it out there that that's how it is everywhere. Right. I just know that for me being in Houston on the recruiting side. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. It could be that if you're close to a military base, they are doing that, right? True. And then I would love to hear that story, what it looks like. But they all had the same curriculum. They all had the same curriculum. Yeah. Now, now people with experience can deliver that curriculum very differently from individuals without experience. I will put that out that way, right? So if you have a True. veteran who's done that, done this, and experienced it, and then has the current, he could add some some proof sources, some of his own like spice to it to go ahead and have more impact. This guy couldn't do that. Um, and I get it. You know, we're at we're on recruiting. We're not next to, you know, a major military base. And, and that could prove difficult you know, for them to find individuals. But this is Houston, Texas. We have veterans everywhere. And I assure you, there is a retired veteran somewhere who would love the opportunity to go ahead and assist Marines or Army or Navy or Air Force into the transition aspect of their of their lives because <laughs> they're veterans. Veterans love to help veterans. I've learned that very, very quickly. Um, upon my transition, I've gotten more assistance, more advice from veterans, me reaching out to them than I ever expected that I would have. That's put me on a path to success. So I do believe the opportunity is there. Now, I know in some places it may be more difficult because you don't have the veteran population. Right. But but in areas like anywhere, anywhere in Texas, I just find that to be a non-factor. <laughs> you can yeah. find a veteran that can be more relatable and deliver this coursework in a way it's going to be more impactful to those transitioning out. Huh. Interesting. In 2020, um, real quick, what do you, what, uh, can you tell for the listeners, what, what, uh, what currently do you do, Jess? I know uh, on, on a lighter note, what do you do? What, how was your transition? What, um, what experience your transition? What do you do now? I see you got that Jets background. So, yeah. you know, go ahead and share with the <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, when I got out, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was thinking about going right back into the recruiting space. I was very good at it. I enjoyed it, and uh, I wind up getting a role with a, a major company here, a real estate company, investment firm, as a VP of recruiting. So uh, they were expanding, and I had the opportunity to go ahead and work with them to assist in the expansion process. So I was very fortunate to land right in that role uh, as I was transitioning out. Uh, it was funny though because as I was helping them expand into Florida, throughout uh, Texas, um, and a couple of other individuals we had uh, cities we had on the map, uh, I noticed that a lot of individuals that I was putting into the company 
were making more money than I was, and it was a six-figure salary role, and yet they were uh, bringing in individuals that were making that in three months, four months, five months through the real estate investment process. And I found myself getting a little bit anxious about it, and I asked the question like, hey, uh, I want to go ahead and do what these guys are doing. So myself and the CEO had a conversation. He, he didn't want to allow me to do it because he felt that my impact was more more so towards the benefit of the, the company long term. But I can be very persistent. And uh, so, of course, I kept bugging him and asking him and asking him. And finally, he said, look, you can do it on, on a part time basis while you're here in Houston. Just to go ahead and get the experience base to to better be able to speak to it when um, expanding in terms of new and, and new talent acquisitions, associates, etc. So I did it for about a month. And the Houston location had a really, really great month that month. Um, so he allowed me to do it again for a second month. Long story short, in a quarter, I had I had uh, acquired real estate real estate investment properties that sold for a higher margin than that of any other talent acquisitions agent in the company. And it allowed me to re- talk to him again. And I wound up becoming a talent acquisitions associate for the company. Uh, did that for a little while, and I realized real, real quickly that I could potentially be doing this for myself started my own company. And so within a few months of doing it, I thanked them for the opportunity for the education and uh, gave them my 30 day notice. And I started real life property investments shortly after that. And yeah, we, we had a great run for about a year and a half, two years uh, before this whole like real estate housing market took a, a big flip. So at that point I got my real estate license so I could go ahead and hit the other side of the real estate game. So I'm also a licensed real estate agent and we, we had a really good year last year selling real estate. Uh, recently, um, one of my counterparts, my, my boy Ben, I work with him in recruiting duty. Again, the importance of your network, <laughs> your veteran network. Uh, my boy Ben hit me up as the market, as, as I'm sure everybody's aware, has taken a bit of a dip in real estate over the last year. He gave me a call over the summer last summer and, and told me there was an opportunity for uh, me to be a talent acquisition consultant for one of the major oil and gas uh, companies in, in the country. And uh, at first I was reluctant. I wasn't looking to go ahead and work with somebody else again. It's been very, it's been great having control of my own time, running uh, my own business. I started my own property management business and things were good. Things were a little bit, uh, I guess you can say shaky is the word with the real estate market now being a little bit volatile. So I said, you know what, why not? They only wanted me there for about three days a week. And uh, I figured it'd be kind of cool to work with freaking Ben again. So yeah, I've I've been doing that still <laughs> with them. So now I'm I'm also a talent acquisitions um, uh, uh, consultant for Oxy, which is one of the major oil and gas companies in the country. Um, I'm still a real estate agent. We still look for real estate investments <laughs> throughout the Houston, Texas area, and I'm actually closing on a real estate property here on Monday for one of my one of my clients. So uh, we've got about four income streams incoming. And you can see all the stuff behind me. About seven, eight months ago, my wife finally punked me into uh, doing what I've been saying for a long time. I've been talking about what I've been watching YouTube videos of, of Jets, Jets content. Because being here in Houston, not a lot of channels are talking about the New York Jets. So I get my content from YouTube. And oftentimes, I would talk about how great the content was. Sometimes I'd be like, man, I could do better than this guy. <laughs> but the wife got tired of hearing about it. Kind of like put me, put, <laughs> told me to just jump on there and talk Jets. And about seven, eight months ago, I started just talking New York Jets um, through YouTube. And since then, my channel has grown. My, my social media following has grown. And I've partnered with some great individuals right now that some of the bigger U- Jets content creators on, on YouTube. And I do that as well. 
So to me, I've, I've just had fun diversifying our income streams, utilizing real estate, consulting, property management, and of course now YouTube, and just having fun doing it. I, I really can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And you learned this all in TRS? Uh, that's a negative. Not oh, even man. remotely close. Oh, um, man, that believe sucks. it or not, the the opportunity for even for the VP role for the recruiting role came from me uh, watching a couple of YouTube videos on how to properly update my my LinkedIn profile. And upon doing so, their CFO reached out to me through LinkedIn, and that's how the opportunity was presented to me for the VP role. And that wasn't from me learning from them. This was me pretty much, uh, I think Master Guns Wilson was actually the individual, I give credit to this, retired Master Guns Ryan Wilson, was talking about the importance of making sure that my social media was, was, was tight and, and my LinkedIn being amongst that. So I had put a lot of work into my LinkedIn profile um, and then I just clicked on there transitioning out, you know what I'm saying, open the work as it states on your LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. and they reached out to me. So this is how I kind of like caught my, my step, my, my footing, so to speak, right back into the real, uh, recruiting game which then opened up another door in the real estate, the real estate game that I didn't even see coming <laughs> until I did. So yeah, we've got a couple of investment properties ourselves. We, we, we manage several uh, properties for um, clients and yeah, like that, that was purely based off of me listening to advice given to me by my master gun instructor who had already gotten out about the importance yeah. of updating my LinkedIn profile. Cool. Watch the YouTube video, realized, okay, I could do this. I could do this how to speak about what I've done in correlation to the civilian sector. I did that. And then within a couple of weeks, when I put open to work, I had a, a, a contact reach out to me from the company that I was the VP of. Um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if my NDA still applies. I could probably talk about it now, but I don't want to risk it. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, they are one of the major real estate investment firms here. And I still do have my real estate investment firm open. So I'm not trying to go ahead and go to war with those guys. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they reached out to me and, and yeah, the rest was history. And this is, it's what got me to this point now, three years later. It's uh, how one more a TRS program in, in terms of the transition, how is it relatable to the job market or job opportunities or whatever opportunity you had? How did it correlate to, hey, I'm taking the transition, you know, TRS piece this week? How was that week correlating to, hey, this is what the job market looks like now compared to it 10 years ago, vice versa? That is an awesome question. And the, again, the short answer is it wasn't even a topic. They pretty much broke down what most individuals in uniform wind up doing when they get out. And i.e., that's FBI, mm-hmm. DEA, ATF, police force, right? They push that down our throats a lot. Um, uh, firemen, like they push those roles down our throats a lot, talking about that it was a smooth transition because of the value they put on the, the discipline and the experiences that we had in the military into those roles. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie to you. It's frustrating because a lot of the same skill sets are also relatable to directors and VPs, especially as you get to the senior enlisted. If you're a sergeant or a corporal in the Marine Corps, you have the equi- I'm sorry. Well, I'll speak for the Marine Corps. <laughs> you have the equivalent of the experience of your average supervisor, right? In terms of overseeing individuals, being in charge of tasks, like being in charge of, of assets that are, are worth millions, if not more. You have levels of experience as a corporate, as a sergeant, that most supervisors and managers don't have to deal with in the civilian sector. They yeah. don't tell you that. They don't tell you how to properly speak to that on your resume, to speak to that when you're, when you're, you're trying to apply for a supervisor role or, or a manager role. Yeah. They're talking about how it's, it's great for you to be a cop. 
<laughs> great for you to be a firefighter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I think, again, that's what's so frustrating about it is because it definitely limits the viewpoint of what individuals that have served in the armed forces can achieve outside of the uniform. It's, it's, it's just very frustrating. So it almost sounds like uh, we spoke we spoke last week about about it. So, uh, but it almost seems like if I Google veterans, blah, veterans this, veterans that, I'm going to get a lot more uh, gouge that way than in terms of this week course. That's almost what it seems. I'm not saying that's what it is. That's just opinion based. That's what it seems no, like. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And in fact, it was utilizing that same. Um, the, the Facebook on Facebook, I went to Houston veterans, right? And I spoke to ask questions about, you know, um, when I was starting my own businesses, I asked questions about like, okay, if I wanted to you know, start my own business, like what are some of the tools available to me? Like literally veterans hit me back about, you know, um, the fee, the, the like Chase Bank allowing free banking for veteran owned businesses, right? They don't charge you any fees whatsoever to open up a bank account with Chase. If you're a veteran starting your business, Right. Um, how in the state of Texas, I don't have to worry about paying franchise taxes because I'm a veteran owned business until I hit a one million dollar threshold in terms of profit, which is very, very difficult to do when you're in real estate because you can pretty much utilize so many tax benefits and tax breaks to go ahead and make sure you never hit that threshold. Mm. So we never have to hit paying that particular the tax threshold. So I learned all of this stuff through, through engagements and asking questions. And I got more assistance through the veteran community in response. That I that I would have even fathomed even asking that for that instructor, you know, about here. I doubt very much he would have had that information for me, because even with the Chase thing, you can't just go online and apply for it. He they specifically said, hey, you can go online and look at their business banking. It'll never show up. They're even on the phone. The representatives are going to tell you, hey, what are you talking about? You have to walk into the, a Chase bank and show them your military ID, show them the documents for your businesses, and then they will activate the the free banking for you. So. Um, between myself and my wife, we own four businesses, you know, got business accounts, got business credit built through them. And we learned a majority of that through, of course, trial and error, but put in the right direction from the veteran community. Interesting. Interesting. Let's just recap here, Jess. TRS week wasn't relatable. The instruction, the relatable to your transition in terms of the job market or job opportunities, the instructor that they provided, again, this is your experience that provided for that week, what yeah wasn't relatable in terms of that person transitioning from the armed forces. So they they had no experience, they couldn't relate to you in that way. So it was kind of dry in terms of that. In terms of that, again, that's only in Houston at the recruiting side of the house. It could be different base wide, but uh, it's it's a stretch. I think you're reaching to say that it is what it is. Um, it doesn't correlate Correct. to. Mm-hmm. The current job market, it just kind of says, hey, if you transition to the FBI, this, that, and the other, another arm, another uniform service, it'll be a smooth transition for you because that's what, you know, that's what they require. That the same thing, same ideologies that you have here are the same as as in the in the armed armed services, right? Military armed services. Uh, so it'll be a smooth transition there. So do that. Um, it doesn't it doesn't speak to small business. It doesn't speak to opening a small business. It doesn't speak to being an entrepreneur. It doesn't speak to the social media area that the space that we're in currently and making money that way. Nope. It doesn't speak towards, I mean, I mean, a lot of things I could, I keep going on and on. We can do another hour session on this, but overall in your experience, yeah. it was, it seemed like a waste of time to Jess and it does, it doesn't, you didn't take anything tangible. Matter of fact, the opposite, it was, Hey, this is the, this is maybe 
a reason why I need to get out because this is not this ain't it for me anymore. Is that is that true? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And and again, I will reiterate that I do believe that the the core thought process of providing this course, the the, the foundation of it, it's it's there, and I understand that, and I, and I appreciate we have to appreciate that. Um, but in terms of the substance, in terms of its actual value, in terms of the ROI or return on investment, and spending that week of your time going through it, it's just it's just so minimal, almost minimal to non-existent. Uh, I think that. You know, it, it, and again, when you and I spoke about it, man, we talked about, you know, the, you got to have a love for this game in the military to go ahead and stick around for 20 plus years. Right. And I think when you're you're talking about individuals transitioning out, they've made that decision based off of wanting a change. Right. Or they came in to achieve something and they've achieved it. It's the next chapter. And getting that kind of time from, you know, men and women who are who are putting you know their lives on the line in service to this country. I think the very least we can do is provide a a curriculum that's going to speak to them in groups right like hey listen if you want to be an entrepreneur you have a different trs right it's a different or at least a different component to the trs is going to be added just for you if you want to go back to recruiting or if you're in a current field in the armed forces whether it's aviation mechanics uh, automation in fact uas right one of the things that we're doing right now i actually we just met some, some guys um at fort worth who are drone pilots who had no clue what they were going to do when they were got out? They got out. Hey, in oil and gas, we need drone pilots. Like, the, so we've been speaking to these couple of guys, and their their expectations for what to do when they got out from what we're actually going to offer them, night and day from what they were expecting. And now they're ecstatic. They can't wait to go ahead and move to the Houston area. Like, that's things where you can take the skill sets, and it's not just like, oh, you're a drone pilot. Well, maybe you might be able to get a job at. You know, at, at another another military, not a military branch, like another federal branch that utilizes yeah. drones for dropping bombs or whatever. No, we use drones in oil and gas. You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. very, very profitable business, <laughs> oil and gas. And you get paid very well <laughs> to fly drones in the safe in a safe environment. You're not talking about being in a, you're in a safe environment like it's there's just so many components to it that I think if. It, it should start off with giving individuals getting out, you know, um, a bit of a survey. What are your intentions? What are you, what are you hoping to do? Are you going to college? Because uh, if you're going to college, that should be its own transitioning program, understanding how the benefits work, how to go ahead and get a part-time job to go ahead. If you're going to be going on camp, but there should be ways to go ahead and cater it just to, to the individual specifically, because then it's more impactful. Then you're, you're, uh, you're achieving your obligation to returning individuals back as better citizens than when you took them out of society. And, yeah. and made them freaking warriors and killers, right? Like it's it, it it's you got to give some of that back. And I think, you know, I know it's asking a lot, you know, you to to do that, but a, a survey to get an idea of where you're going would allow them to get a better understanding of the kind of people they need to put in front of these transitioning service members, so they can go ahead and make this course. They can keep the same exact curriculum, but still, are you trying to do? You trying to be an entrepreneur? Boom! Let's go ahead and get you somebody who's currently an entrepreneur teaching this course because yeah. then. He can go ahead and bring his own spice to it, his own insight to it. You want to go ahead and join aviation? Okay, broom. Let's bring a veteran who, who's in aviation right now to teach this course to this group. And it wouldn't be that difficult <laughs> to go ahead and – same curriculum, but you have individuals with different experiences teaching it to groups who are looking to get into that particular industry. Yeah. And that can go a long way in making this significantly more impactful. Agreed. I agree. Overall, it seems like it needs to be a little bit revamped. I, I get it. 
the 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 attempt is there, and I gotta appreciate that because they're at least giving them something, yeah. vice nothing. Or again, I, I would like to see, I would like to ask, you know, a veteran from twenty years ago or thirty years ago, did they get this opportunity? Did they get the TRS program? Did they get a better suit? Maybe that's, that's why. A great question. Maybe that's what we can, um, you know, in terms of homeless and people, you know, committing suicide or things like that. The networking piece. That, that's probably why a lot of veterans are the way they are right now because yeah, you know because maybe they didn't have the TRS we yeah, had this you know and that's why I mean, again again I, I appreciate that the attempt is there I think that it needs to be revamped in terms of being more relatable to the current market right the social media space in terms of what type of jobs there are there now right because again currently if if, if I the, what I was reading last week the trades are if you're in a trade MOS trade job, like in terms of master plumber, master electrician, there is money to be made right now, because nobody wants to do those a ton of it smojo jobs anymore. Nobody, nobody, right? So I, I'm 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 paying I'm paying our plumber freaking four hundred bucks to fix the leak at rental properties. Like it's a five minute job <laughs> to go to the property, fix the leak, four hundred bucks. Like there's so much money to be made right here for those trade skill sets. They don't talk about that at the TRS. Yeah. Like the, it's the, it's it's frustrating. It's just so frustrating because when I realized how easy it was to make money out here, I was like, "What? Well, darn! I, why are we not being told?" I, I almost think, and then again, this is my opinion. I almost think that there's a fear factor, right, of of giving that much knowledge to your transition service members because a good portion of them do wind up trying to get back into the armed forces. That's another component too that people don't yeah. realize. A lot of people try to get out. It's a little bit tougher because they won't properly prepared, and then they try to get back in. It's difficult to get back in, but it happens. You yeah. get back in. I think they would lose a good component or a good chunk of individuals who transition back into the uniform if they properly prepared them in this fashion, to where you can make more money than you're currently making with half the stress, right? Like it's, I think that's a concerning factor in terms of making sure we maintain the numbers. As a former recruiter, I can respect and understand that. But man, it's still doing a disservice. It's yeah. just it's just still doing a disservice. I just can't get behind that enough. There's a ton of ways to make money out here, especially like you just said before, in those trade roles. Man, um, yeah. That's crazy. Cash out here. Like and again, I have I have a whole I've got plumbers, electricians on on retainer, so to speak. And when they go to these properties that need repairs and whatnot, they're making three, four hundred bucks for an hour or two of their time. It's 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 literally that common. And most times I, I'm having to schedule them, you know, a couple of days, few days out because they're booked <laughs> and they can't yeah. get to the a property. And I'm one of their primary freaking clients. Yeah. And they still can't get to my property in time. So like it's it's one of those things where not enough people are doing it. And because of that, these guys get to dictate their own price. So valuable skill set you can go ahead and pass on to transit service members yeah. with already those experiences and trades in uniform. That's crazy. That's crazy. I think that I think we both agree, Jess. Your transition, not mine yet, but I'm definitely going to do my homework because it seems like the networking piece is a big deal. Uh, who you Huge. talk to, who you know, is a big deal, right? It it mm-hmm. it'd be better suited for retired retired service members to come back and and tell us, hey, this is what's going on. This is what you need to know. This is what you, the do's and don'ts of transition, right? That'd be a better program. That'd be a yep. more valuable program to a 22 year old than it would be. Hey, here's some tools. Go to Skillbridge. There's your there's your transition. Here's your internship. You're doing something. We're providing you the opportunity to get out early 
to transition out and do an internship. I get it. That's a good. It's a good program, the Skillbridge program. I I, I like mm-hmm. it, and, and I think yeah. more, more Marines and more organizations, businesses should take advantage of it and be participating in the Skillbridge program. I know everything mm-hmm. costs money. Everything's around transaction, but the more the more the merrier. Uh, in my opinion, Jess, where can they, uh, where can they reach you out? Where can they reach out uh, to you uh, on social media, on the yeah. social media platforms? hundred percent. You can find me on, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Gunny Gumby, G U N N Y G U M B Y Gunny Gumby. Um, you can go ahead and, and shoot me messages on, on both platforms. And uh, if you've got questions about the transitioning process or real estate or, or entrepreneurship or whatever the case might be, I'm one of those veterans that that's loves to go ahead and provide assistance and, and, and give you guys some time back. So feel free to go ahead and reach, reach out to me. You yourself, whenever that time comes, you got my number directly. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to give me a call, brother. I got you. Um, but yeah, Gunny Gumby at, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm on there regularly answering questions or just talking crap. So by all means, uh, feel free to reach out. And then what, uh, where can they reach you? What handle can they reach you out with to talk trash about the Jets? Oh, at New York Jets Situation <laughs> Report. You know what I'm saying? I had to take a little bit of a tidbit from my military experience. So New York Jets sit rep uh, or Situation Report. It'll populate. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Feel free. To, oh, and TikTok. <laughs> nice. Feel free to go ahead and follow me on that. Um, if you're a fan of a different team, talk crap right now. Green Bay Packers have been really, really big on, on commenting and engaging with me. So it's been fun. Nice. Uh, with the current Aaron Rodgers situation with the trade incoming. Yeah. So uh, I've seen a blow up in my engagement over the last month. So feel free to go ahead and just type that in into your whichever one of those uh, social media platforms, uh, New York Jets situation report, and then uh, we can chop it up. Absolutely. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, transition in the Marine Corps, it, uh, it seems like it needs to be revamped or more relatable to the service member, uh, but that's a different topic, different day. Uh, we're not on that platform right now to talk about it. This is just our opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Again, pit talk, pulling pits and opinions, and we out. Your prep time has ended. With the magazine of 15 rounds, make it condition one weapon. Is the line ready? The line is ready. Shooters firing five rounds in a time limit of 60 seconds. Stand by. Contact. Featuring active service members to discuss their thoughts and opinions on various issues around the military life, current events, and history. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, viewer discretion advice.